From the Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen Center for Media Evangelization in Ewing, New Jersey, welcome to Come to Me with Jim Manfredonia. Stay tuned for an hour of talk, reflections, and meditations on topics that are important to today's Catholics. And now, here is your host, Jim Manfredonia. Well, a very good day to you, my friends. Welcome once again to Come to Me. My name is Jim Manfredonia, and as always, it is a great joy to be here with you today on this beautiful final day of September 2020, September 30th, the Feast of St. Jerome. A gorgeous day the Lord has blessed us with today. I hope you're getting outside and enjoying some of this, oh, a little touch of fall in the air today, which is great. Uh, I hear where we are at the station at the Sheen Center for Media Evangelization in Ewing, New Jersey. We have many, many trees and lots of leaves <laughs> coming down. I see on the, although they're not really changing colors. I don't know what's going on. It's just, it's, you know, listen, we can expect crazy things still yet to come this year. It's just been a wild ride. You know, and I don't know about you, Cheryl and I say it all the time. Here we are already, tomorrow's October 1st, and you know, we've been locked up, we've been shuttered in, we've been, you know, everything has changed so dramatically and drastically, yet it seems the time is going by so fast. Uh, but, I, you know, Scripture does tell us, I believe, um, and being the good Catholic that I am, I can't quote you exact book, chapter, and verse, but uh, the days will be shortened in the last days. I don't know. Hey, listen, you know, if the Lord decides now it's time for him to come. We've been praying for this for 2,000 years, you know. We, we mustn't fear that. Just be ready and uh, be great. That's what we're praying for. Uh, so today, let's see, what are we doing? Well, it's Wednesday, and um, the um, former Archbishop of Philadelphia, Archbishop Charles Chaput, um just really, not just, I guess it was Monday or over the weekend, uh, made a statement about Catholic bigotry in the country today. We're seeing, you know, this is all of a sudden coming to the fore again with the nomination uh, for the Supreme Court of Amy Coney Barrett, a practicing Catholic. And so I want to share some of these words with you from uh, Archbishop Chaput on what he observes to be, he calls it a virus of anti-Catholic bigotry in our country, a virus of anti-Catholic bigotry. Kind of all fits in, though, doesn't it, with the whole realization uh, and understanding of the spiritual warfare that's going on. And then I thought what we do the second half of the program, you know, we're praying so hard and fervently to our Blessed Mother. And I don't know if you... uh, had the opportunity this morning or last night to uh, begin praying the novena that we're airing through EWTN, uh, I was I was um, pleasantly surprised to hear, number one, they, they uh, prayed at the beginning of the novena, the Subtum Presidium prayer, the prayer that we've been praying every day for two years at the request of the Holy Father. And then at the end of the novena, they're praying the prayer that um, we pray every day again, the prayer for the United States that was first prayed at the dedication of the uh, National Basilica of the Immaculate Conception 
in Washington. Uh, we pray this every day, and uh, they're praying it as part of the novena. So if you have your prayer cards, you can pray right along at the novena if you're listening. But that novena, by the way, is being prayed every night at 9.30 here on these domestic church media stations, and then again the next morning at 9, 9 a.m. I'll talk a little bit more about that after our prayer time. But let's, let's first pray, uh, start our time together, as always, my friends, in prayer. Um, and uh, we're praying the prayer for our country, and boy, oh boy, does our country need prayer. Um, and also asking you to please remember a couple of special intentions of mine as we pray for all of you regularly. If you would, as, as you know, uh, I've been sharing with you in these last uh, few uh, days now, our son and daughter-in-law are waiting for the birth of their third baby, a little baby boy. Uh, he'll be a Manfredonia boy, and um, he's due on October 5th, which is Monday. And, you know, ladies especially, you know what it's like in these last few days leading up uh, to that day. It just everybody's on call, you know, so... And the whole virus has thrown a whole different spin on all of this. So if you would just keep them in prayer. Uh, very exciting, of course, for our family, a, a, a brand new addition that we anxiously await to meet. Uh, and also, again, my friends, please pray, pray, pray for the apostolate. As I've shared with you, you know, we, since we didn't have our, our uh, uh, radiothon back in the spring, and we are going to have it before the end of the year, uh, but we, but we always, every year, count on those funds that are raised in in the spring to carry us through the spring, the summer, and into the fall. We didn't have those funds this year, uh, and we are really, really falling short right now. So, um, just ask you for prayer. We're going to pray for for uh, financial miracles for domestic church media right now, just to kind of keep us floating here, so we don't really start to panic. Um, we need this apostolate so badly right now. We need a place where you, our family of listeners and viewers, because we are coming to you live right now as we do every day uh, on our YouTube channel, our Facebook page, our homepage, streaming live video, as well as the audio, um, reaching so many people. And people need a place like this to come to just be at peace, to just be at peace. Uh, in in the world today, and that peace that comes from Jesus, and that's why we're here. We're here to proclaim the joy of that gospel of Jesus Christ, to help people encounter him. So please pray for us uh, that we will see somehow, some way, a major financial miracle that's going to kind of pick us up and take us through the next few months, because we're really looking at uh, an empty till here. So... um, Please pray for us on that one. Let's begin, my friends, as we begin all good things. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Most Holy Trinity, our Father in heaven, who chose Mary as the fairest of your daughters. Holy Spirit, who chose Mary as your spouse. God the Son, who chose Mary as your mother. In union with Mary, we adore your majesty and acknowledge your supreme eternal dominion and authority. Most Holy Trinity, we put the United States of America into the hands of Mary Immaculate in order that she may present the country to you. Through her, we wish to thank you for the great resources of this land and for the freedom which has been its heritage. Through the intercession of Mary, have mercy on the Catholic Church in America. Have mercy on our president and on all the officers of our government. 
Grant us a fruitful economy born of justice and charity. Have mercy on capital and industry and labor. Protect the family life of our nation. Guard the precious gift of many religious vocations. Through the intercession of our mother, have mercy on the sick, the tempted, sinners, on all who are in need. Mary, Immaculate Virgin, our mother, patroness of our land, we praise you and honor you and give ourselves to you. Protect us from every harm. Pray for us that acting always according to your will and the will of your divine Son, we may live and die pleasing to God. Amen. And let's pray our prayers as Holy Father requested, the prayer to St. Michael, and also the Subtum Presidium prayer to our Blessed Mother. We pray, St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray, and do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. We fly to thy protection, O Holy Mother of God, do not despise our petitions and our necessities, but deliver us always from all dangers, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. And we pray, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, we love you. Pray for us. Venerable Archbishop Sheen, pray for us. Saint Pope John Paul II, pray for us. Our Lady of Good Remedy, pray for us. And today, Saint Jerome, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Well, again, my friends, as always, I thank you for praying. And, uh, you know, here we are already the last day of September, which means this coming Monday is first Monday uh, in October. And that means our good friend Bruce DeBacco will be here live at 3 o'clock for his program, Come to the Throne, where he will invite you to share your prayer intentions and requests with him and allow him the honor of praying with you and for you over the air and for those intentions. Uh, so you can send your prayer requests to us. I'll have them uh, lined up here for Bruce when he comes to the station on Monday. And uh, also he will and we will open the phone lines for you to call in and pray uh, with Bruce live over the air. So a great, great gift that uh, we have in uh, Bruce DeBacco coming here twice a month, the first and third Monday of each month to throw open the prayer tent and offer opportunity for people to come together and pray. That's this coming Monday live at 3 o'clock. And that means also this Friday is First Friday. And uh, Bishop O'Connell will be here with his October edition of The Shepherd's Voice. Uh, Bill and George uh, will be here uh, for Brothers in Arms and uh, Father Steve DeLacy with the Vocation Hour. Of course, Cheryl and I will be here at 4 o'clock with uh, Friday Live. Um, uh, our Friday, our first Friday local programming lineup that all happens this coming Friday, first Friday already. And Friday is the 2nd of October. That means it's the Feast of the Guardian Angels. A lot of great feast days in this month, aren't there? T starting tomorrow, St. Therese, the Little Flower. Friday's the Guardian Angels. Now, Saturday, October 3rd, will mark the um, 8th. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, the 7th. Nope. Wait a minute. <laughs> I have to get this straight. Because the same day, my, my dad died on October 3rd, 2013. And the year before, 2012, uh, our good friend, uh, our dear friend, Father Benedict Rochelle, 
uh, passed away on that same day in 2012. So this will be the eighth anniversary of the passing of Father Benedict. And I've not heard anything about a cause being open for him, but I wouldn't doubt it um, for all the great work that he did when he was with us, especially through his writings and his work on EWTN. And we had the great uh, honor and privilege of knowing Father Benedict uh, and encountering him many times, especially in our work at Domestic Church Media as we began uh, to uh, bring Catholic Radio to New Jersey. Father Benedict was a great help to us. I've told the stories often about him. He would call me and direct me toward people who he knew had uh, some money, he would tell me, <laughs> and tell them, Father Benedict sent you, and they'll be generous with you. So he, he would know who to go to here in Jersey. Um, but so Saturday, the 3rd of October, will mark the, the eighth anniversary of his passing into glory. Um, and, you know, he's, he's, he's entombed, I believe still, because I did go to his, his uh, tomb, uh, I think maybe a year or two after he passed away, in Newark at the, um, the uh, uh, um, friary there in Newark, the uh, CFR friary. Uh, he's entombed there um, because I did pray at his tomb a few years back. Uh, I don't know if it's open to the public. It should be because Father Benedict is a great, great friend. So that's the third Saturday. Then the fourth, of course, is the Feast of St. Francis. The fifth is St. Faustina. The seventh is the Holy Rosary. The eighth is Our Lady of Good Remedy. I can go down the list here, you know, uh, (laughs) keep going. Um, But there are many, many great feast days during this month. So a lot of of great intercessors so ready, willing, and able to pray for us and our intentions, and especially Our Lady this month in in the month of the Holy Rosary. Uh, October, and uh, giving her as the prayer praise, placing our country in her hands to present to the Holy Trinity. Our country needs prayer, my brothers and sisters. The the division, the violence, the threats of violence, the anger, uh, all that's out there, the division, um, especially now as we approach the election, you see the angst, you hear it, you feel it. Um, And we, we have to pray for peace in our country. And just pray for goodness and holiness and and direction, and uh, well, you know we have to we have to again as we've been we've been doing give it to our blessed mother. So again, just a reminder: tonight at nine thirty, and tomorrow morning at nine a.m., uh, the novena to the Mother of God for our nation is being prayed um, at EWTN. We're carrying it here nine thirty at night. And I'm repeating at 9 o'clock the next morning. So this is uh, day uh, two of the novena. Um, <clears throat> now what we're doing is because we're, we're, we're recording and, and, and replaying the next day. So it's, it's kind of a, if you pray it on uh, in the morning at 9 o'clock, it's a day behind, but God doesn't care. <laughs> God, he's, he's not saying this is the wrong, you have the wrong day. Just pray it. And and the thing about the nine o'clock um, praying of the novena that we bring you at nine o'clock, the novena is prayed. We preempt Father Benedict. We will do this through October eighth, uh, while the novena is being prayed, and then immediately following the novena is the rosary. So you have a great hour of going to Our Lady and praying for this special intention for our nation. You know, I know many of you have prayer groups, and I'm I'm assuming you're you're meeting again. You know, we could you could meet. 
you wear your masks and practice all the, the, the safety precautions, things uh, that are out there. Uh, but get your group together. Put the radio on at 9 o'clock. Pray the novena. Uh, they're praying the um, subtum presidium prayer. They're praying the prayer that we pray uh, for the United States. Um, uh, they're praying the same prayer. I, I don't know if they happen to have gotten one of our cards. Maybe somebody down there at the network requested uh, the free prayer cards we're offering. But so you have those cards, and then you pray the rosary with Father Benedict, as well as in the novena prayer, there's other prayers they're praying and readings and things. So there's opportunity. And, and this is why it's so important to have this apostolate. Again, my brothers and sisters, I, I can't stress enough with you the need that we have right now, the financial need uh, for you to continue to support us, and especially those of you who have the capacity to make a greater amount, uh, donate a greater amount, uh, it's a one-time gift or whatever, to get us over this hump. We're going to have the Radiothon before the end of the year, um, and we're hoping that'll you know kind of pick things up again. But we really, really are, are, are you know, maxed out right now because we didn't get the funds that we normally get in the spring, and uh, that really put us in a hole. So... I know the Lord will provide, but the Lord always provides through you. That's how it happens. Uh, out of the blue, you know, and we've never, we haven't been in this situation in a number of years now because we've always had the radiothon. But, you know, the virus, the pandemic put a whole, through a whole wrench in everybody's operations. And, and, and just like that, we find ourselves now um, down, down severely uh, financially. So please. If you know anybody or you yourself, you can you can make a, a legacy gift or make a one-time major gift, uh, please do. And I did get a couple of phone calls I heard on our machine, and I didn't get back to you yet, yet ladies. A couple of uh, callers who called in and wanted to increase their donation. I appreciate that. God bless you. Those monthly donations mean so much. We will get back to you on that uh, and and uh, take care of that. But whatever you can do, my friends, please. And, I, you know, I, this is, I, I've said it since I've been doing this for 25 years now, that this is the worst part of my job is having to ask people for uh, money. But I have, as main steward over the apostolate, the Lord is holding me, I will be held responsible. So I have to do this. And I just ask you please to open your heart whatever way you can. And especially those of you who have the capacity to make major gifts toward this work, because just think what it would be like if this apostolate was not here. You know, so many people depend on it now. And I know that because when a station goes down or we have an outage or something, I hear, uh, you know, what happened? Where are you? What's going on? And uh, we, we can't let that happen. We have to be here and, and, and grow. We need more of this to reach more people. So thank you for your patience and allowing me to share that with you. All right, so um, I guess it was over the weekend or earlier this week. Um. Archbishop Chaput, former Archbishop, or the Archbishop Emeritus, really, of uh, the Philadelphia Archdiocese, um, he, he brought up to everyone an awareness that the criticism of Amy Coney Barrett, President Trump's nominee for the Supreme Court, who is a very good practicing Catholic woman, a wife, a mother of seven. Uh, two of those seven are adopted from Haiti. Uh, one of those seven has special needs. Um, 
she's a faithful Catholic, but Archbishop Chaput said that the criticism of Judge Barrett is part of what he called a virus of anti-Catholic bigotry. And he warned that public attacks on the Supreme Court nominee's faith constitute a wider threat to religious liberty. Um, you know, he did retire, uh, the, the Archbishop retired back in January, Been pretty much <clears throat> has um, kept a, a low key, but he was writing in the magazine First Things, and he said that those who value our First Amendment right to religious freedom should realize that tests about belief are attacks on religious liberty. And several media outlets have focused on um, Judge Barrett's membership in the People of Praise, this charismatic group that she belongs to that was founded back in 1971. Um, and the Archbishop said this line of criticism is a harbinger of future attacks on the church itself and on any Catholic who holds with the church's enduring moral witness. Our Lord, you know, our Lord told us this was going to happen. He promised us that this would, this would, this was going to be happening to his followers. And we're seeing now, you know, I talked about it yesterday uh, the manifestation of the spiritual warfare that we're seeing in our country, the, the very obvious good versus evil, uh, light versus darkness, it's there. It's become very, very obvious. And the devil is, he's just uh, um, uh, raging, you know, and it's becoming even more obvious to me, especially when the church is attacked and those people who are faithfully living their Catholicism, are attacked, as Judge Barrett is being attacked. Uh, you know, it was a few years ago where uh, um, Amy Coney Barrett was uh, confirmed, uh, was actually nominated by the president for the U.S. Court of Appeals, and then during the confirmation hearings, Senator Dianne Feinstein of California, and this quote is being used a lot, where she was questioning uh, Barrett on her faith, and Feinstein came up with the line saying that the dogma lives loudly within you, um, and that's a concern, that the dogma lives loudly within you. Archbishop Chaput described that concern and he called it know-nothing style vulgarity and said that uh, Feinstein, though, was hardly alone in her bigotry. Archbishop Chaput said, disdain for vigorous religious convictions, especially the Catholic kind, is a virus that's going around. A virus. You know, we, we, we hear about the, the pandemic and the, the physical dangers of the coronavirus, but Archbishop Chaput drawing the uh, comparison that this, what he called, uh, disdain for vigorous religious convictions, especially Catholic, is a virus. He said it seems to infect a number of Democratic senators, including Senator Kamala Harris, 
uh, who's also from California and, as you know, the vice presidential nominee, who saw looming peril in that dangerous national conspiracy, otherwise known as the Knights of Columbus, uh, where uh, Kamala Harris was um, obviously showing her, her bigotry against Catholic, that particular Catholic organization. But Archbishop Shapu said Feinstein's comment help us see clearly how some in our political class now view Catholics who are more than merely nominal in their faith. Everyone who is baptized, everyone who is baptized Catholic is, in the technical sense, the Archbishop said, a Catholic regardless of their actions. And in the eyes of the Democratic Party, that's not a problem. If you're photographed with your rosary beads at prayer, the Archbishop said, even better noting that the overt cultural religious affiliation was seen by many as acceptable as long as it did not imply doctrinal adherence. He said, but if you're the kind of Catholic who seeks to discipline his or her life around Catholic beliefs regarding marriage and family, religious freedom, sex and abortion, well, he said that's a different matter. And he noted that observant Catholic representative Dan Lipinski, a Democrat from Illinois, lost his seat in a primary earlier this year that centered mainly on his pro-life views. Archbishop Chaput said Catholics in this country spent more than a century fighting their way into the American mainstream. The cost has been high. Now, I don't know if you remember me telling you this, and I didn't know this. I had a guest on my program many, many years ago who was... uh, um, had written a book about uh, Catholicism in Philadelphia. And he pointed out, and those of you who know the Basilica in Philadelphia, the, the uh, Basilica of uh, Saints Peter and Paul in Center City there, uh, beautiful cathedral, I should say the Cathedral of Saints Peter and Paul, beautiful cathedral, but the stained glass windows that it has are, are very, very high up in the structure. Oh, abnormally high. And the reason is when they were building that that cathedral, that there was so much anti-Catholicism in Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love, <laughs> that people were throwing rocks through the stained glass to destroy it. So the builders then said, okay, we'll put, put the stained glass up higher so they can't reach it with the rocks. That's how, how much anti-Catholicism was when they were building that cathedral in Philadelphia. So... And Archbishop Chaput points out that you know Catholics have spent more than, more than a century fighting their way into mainstream America. Um, I don't remember the news in 1960. I was six years old, but you read history now, and and certainly when John Kennedy was running for president, uh, they were questioning, you know, would he would he have more allegiance to the Pope than he would to the Constitution and all that stuff. So. Um, Archbishop Chaput pointed out that the nominee, Democrat nominee for president this year, former Vice President Joe Biden, is a Catholic, but has taken several political positions that run counter to church teaching, but are in line with his own party's platform, such as support for legalized abortion until birth and support for same-sex marriage. Um, Biden has pledged to codify Roe v. Wade into federal law, precluding state limits on abortion 
And Chaput, Archbishop Chaput said to the, to the degree that self-described Catholic political leaders are indistinguishable in their views and actions from their colleagues with no faith at all, the cost has been far too high. The Archbishop said a, a, a politics of democratic pluralism requires that differences of belief must be respected. Catholics do rightly demand civility and respect for the teachings of their church especially from a Senate supposedly informed by a spirit of service to the whole nation. He said that positioning dissenting Catholics as mainstream Americans and believing Catholics as extremists is now a common and thoroughly dishonest culture war technique and a particular affront to the free exercise of religion. And Archbishop Chaput said that the present hostility toward those who support Catholic teaching should not only concern Catholics in the United States, but also anyone who values the First Amendment. If attacks on belief are an acceptable standard by which to impugn judicial nominees today, then tomorrow they'll be used on the rest of us who uphold the teachings of our faith. It puts the rights of far more Americans at risk than ever, uh, than will ever be nominated for the court. So, you know, it's the old frog in the frying pan, you know, analogy, really, that if we let we let these things there. It's a, it's a, a gradual, but see the devil is the devil is very patient. He's he's, you know he he's very patient. He knows what he's doing. So the point being made is is that, you know, it, if we see this happening, we haven't even gotten to the hearings yet that, um, Judge Barrett is going to have to go through the Senate confirmation hearings, uh, but it will be interesting to watch and see, um what happens and where, how they approach it and what their method of attack is on this fine woman who's been nominated for the Supreme Court if they're going to attack her for her religion being a faithful Catholic. Okay, take a break. Come back. We're going to go to uh, the Second Vatican Council on the Blessed Mother and why we go to her, why we're giving her these intentions, especially for our country right now, and asking her to intercede for us on our behalf. Okay, stay where you are. I'll be right back. More to come. think that street evangelization involves yelling out of a bullhorn telling people that they're going to hell. Not so with St. Paul Street Evangelization. Our methods are non-confrontational and effective. We simply offer information on the Catholic faith along with rosaries, miraculous medals, and prayer. Pope Francis wrote about how beautiful it is to see street preachers joyfully bringing Jesus to every corner of the earth. Street evangelization is fun and fruitful. Join us today at streetevangelization.com. Here is Mother Angelica speaking about Catholic Radio. There's six billion people, and we've got to reach them all. It's people like you, radio stations like your own. And I hope sincerely that people will support you because we need Catholic Radio. We need Catholic television. And if we don't have it, we shall answer to God for that because we are bound by our baptism to spread the good word. We're bound by that. 
Won't you help us spread the good word by praying for us and by making a tax-deductible gift payable to Domestic Church Media, P.O. Box 7509, Trenton, 08628, or by going to our website, wfjs.org, and making a secure online donation using your Visa or MasterCard. Please contact us today. God love you. We need Catholic Radio. We are bound by our baptism to spread the good word. 60 Seconds with Mother Angelica. I don't know if news is news anymore. Do you think it is? When you hear that they're going to clone a human being, you know, it's hard enough to put up with some people, let alone two of them. (laughs) (laughs) We seem to uh, glorify sin, grievous sin these days. But we say that the sin is worth it to do good. Now, that doesn't make any sense, does it? The abortion clinics sell the little fetus six, seven, eight, nine hundred dollars a piece. First we murder the child and then we sell it. For what? Oh, but it's going to cure an old woman. Well, you just killed a young one. To love is the best gift of all. Bye now. The people you know and trust are on EWTN. I'm Cheryl. And I'm Jim. And we invite you to join us every Friday at 4 p.m. for Friday Live. Two hours of talk, music, interesting, and informative interviews. We'll also have a reflection on Sunday's Gospel, Jim Hoffman's weekend weather forecast, and you'll have a chance to call in and play one of our fun game shows like Saint of the Day or Name That Catholic Tune. It all happens right here Friday at 4 p.m. That's Friday Live, proclaiming the joy of the gospel, communicating hope, on these domestic church media stations. From Falsington to Fort Monmouth. Point Pleasant to Pennington. Seagirt to Spotswood. From Yardley to Yardville. Silverdale to Seagirt. Southampton to Seaside Heights. Proclaiming the joy of the gospel on Domestic Church Catholic Radio. Welcome back on this beautiful September 30th, 2020, the Feast of St. Jerome, a glorious early autumn day outside. I hope you're getting a chance to enjoy that. Tomorrow's supposed to be just as beautiful, so enjoy that and uh, thank the Lord for this day as I thank the Lord every day for you and for being a part of this apostolate. You know, we again can't be here without you, my friends. Uh, I was in prayer this morning, uh, morning prayer and and, uh, in the chapel and I always just kind of sit there after I finish my prayer and contemplate. <laughs> always want to remember where we've been compared to where we are now and how many blessings the Lord has poured down upon this apostolate. And I say that in all humility, through no merit of my own, uh, we are only the stewards here. We are only doing what the Lord has asked us to do. And, uh, you know, it was this 
this, I shouldn't say this, tomorrow's October, not today, right? But October, 10 years ago, I can't believe it was that long ago, October 30th, 2010, that we, uh, I think we saw then the, the miracle of miracles on that October 30th night up at the Prudential Center um, 10 years ago, where we were blessed enormously in a matter of seconds and received the financial support that we needed to purchase 1260 AM. It was just a, I I really have to write this down. I know I haven't, and I keep saying that. I probably should start doing it now before I I forget, but I can't believe it was 10 years ago. Anybody uh, watching or listening now who was there for the uh, special conference that we had with uh, Father John Carapi, which was his last public appearance, that appearance at the Prudential Center that we had October 30th, 2010, was his last public appearance before uh, all his uh, all the difficulties started. We pray for him. We pray for him. I've not spoken with him since that night, um, but we're praying for him. And uh, that was a night of nights. I tell you, it was it was a, just a miracle. That we and we were we needed we needed we needed almost half a million dollars in a month to December first by December first to pay for this station, and uh, oh my goodness, so I see what the Lord does. So when I come to you and I say, you know, we didn't have the radiothon this year, we and I was sitting in prayer today after my prayer, just contemplating that. Okay, Lord, I know you're going to take care of it. Just give me the the the, the, the grace to be at peace in all of this. I know there are one, two, or three, four, how many people out there who have the capacity to kind of carry us through the next couple of months in a major way, and you'll send them to me. I know you will. He always does, you know, and I just look at where we are. And the fact that Jesus is here, you know, the fact that we are so blessed to have the Blessed Sacrament here in the building with us 24-7 always tells me, that this apostolate's not going anywhere. <clears throat> that uh, there will be good, generous souls out there for as long as God wants us to be here to support it. So, pray about that, please. And um, I know you're getting toward that time of year where people's, especially those of you in a particular uh, economic positions, your financial advisors tell you you have to give uh, to. Uh, Charities, and we are a charity. We're a 501c3 nonprofit. So your gift is tax deductible. And you may be looking for those charities to donate to before the year's out. We're not that far away now from the end of the year. Uh, I, I wish and pray you would consider making Domestic Church Media a recipient of that generosity. So maybe that's how it's going to come. But it will. I, it always does. I, I, I never, <laughs> I've learned not to, not to, I used to, I used to worry a lot in the beginning, but. You know, I've learned my lesson, so doesn't mean we don't need it, though. All right, let's do this. I, I, I was, you know, again, in, uh, this morning in prayer, um, we have a beautiful statue of the Blessed Mother in our chapel, and, and uh, you know, we've been praying this, uh, this prayer for the United States of America to Mary under the title of the Immaculate Conception, interceding for us before the Holy Trinity, since July, 
and um, our country needs prayer. And we we have we have placed our country under the patronage of Blessed Mother under the title of the Immaculate Conception. And so many prayers now being raised and prayed. Uh, and in fact, again, I'll mention real quick the the uh, web addresses. There's the million rosarymarch.com that's one website millionrosarymarch.com where you can pledge uh, rosaries to pray for our country there's over almost 1.4 million being prayed uh, pledged right now uh, you can pledge your rosaries just go to the website millionrosarymarch.com uh, also queenofpeacemedia.com queenofpeacemedia.com to learn about the 54 day rosary miracle novena that's being prayed right now uh, and again, tonight at 9.30 and tomorrow at 9 o'clock, every night at 9.30, every morning at 9 a.m. through October 7 and 8, uh, we'll have the novena to the Mother of God for our nation, um, of course, plus the rosary in the morning. So, so many ways to pray. And why do we go to the Blessed Mother? You know, why... And you all, I, I'm, I'm kind of singing to the choir here because I know all of you have a, a great love for Blessed Mother. We all do. We understand her role in salvation history. We understand the position she has in salvation history. But I want to share with you from the Second Vatican Council um, and this was from the uh, Dogmatic Constitution on the Church, Lumen Gentium, from November of 1964, where there was a whole section on Mary, and but I wanted to share a little bit of this with you. This is from the section called The Cult of the Blessed Virgin in the Church. Why do we venerate Mary? Why do we hold her as we do? You know, I once heard Scott Hahn say, I've used the quote a lot, but I've once heard, once heard Dr. Scott Hahn say, the church didn't make Mary great, God made Mary great by choosing her from all women to be the mother of his son. And this is what the Council Fathers wrote. Mary has by grace been exalted above all angels and men to a place second only to her son as the most holy mother of God who was involved in the mysteries of Christ. She is rightly honored by a special cult in the church. From the earliest times, the Blessed Virgin is honored under the title of Mother of God, whose protection the faithful take refuge together in prayer in all their perils and needs. So from the very beginning, you know, as the fathers say, the, the, the church has held her and rightly honored her in this special cult, and under the title of Mother of God, she has been uh, prayed to for protection uh, and people, the faithful, taking refuge together in prayer in all our perils and needs, they say. Accordingly, following the Council of Ephesus, there was a remarkable growth in the cult of the people of God towards Mary in veneration and love in invocation and imitation, according to her own prophetic words, again from the Magnificat, all generations shall call me blessed because the Almighty has done great things for me. The fathers write, this cult, as it has always existed in the church for all its uniqueness, differs essentially from the cult of adoration 
which is offered equally to the incarnate Word and to the Father and the Holy Spirit and is most favorable to it. And that's an important part because people get very confused. Now, Catholics, but well, some Catholics do too. But people who don't understand our veneration of Mary, um, that we don't worship her. That's reserved for God alone. Worship is reserved for God alone. We don't worship Mary. Mary is a creature just like us, except that she was preserved from the stain of original sin. And she had to be in order for the second person of the Blessed Trinity to take upon human flesh. It had to be untainted flesh. It couldn't be a sinful flesh. So Mary had to be preserved from that. So, but she is and was, is a person, a creature just like us. We don't worship her. Um, let me get back here. The, the various forms of piety towards the mother of God, which the church has approved within the limits of sound and orthodox doctrine, according to the dispositions and understandings of the faithful, assure that while the mother is honored, the son through whom all things have their being and in whom it has pleased the father that all fullness should dwell is rightly known, loved, and glorified in his commandments and his commandments are observed. The sacred synod, again, this Vatican Council, teaches that Catholic doctrine advisedly and at the same time admonishes all the sons of the church that the cult, especially the liturgical cult of the Blessed Virgin, be generously fostered, and that the practice and exercises of devotion toward her recommended by the teaching authority of the church in the course of, se- of the centuries be highly esteemed, and that those decrees which were given in the early days regarding the cult images of Christ, the Blessed Virgin, and the saints be religiously observed. You know, um, as I said, we have a beautiful statue of Blessed Mother in our chapel. I'm sure many of you if not all of you, somewhere in your house, on your property, uh, have images of the Blessed Mother, not there to worship, but there to remind us of who she is and what, what she can do for us. You know, Mary's main vocation, Mary's main vocation is to lead people to Jesus. That beautiful analogy that uh, Venerable Archbishop Sheen drew once in his teachings about the sunlight and the moonlight. I think tonight we're going to have, it's going to be a clear sky and tomorrow night, beautiful, beautiful moon. I I don't know if it's full yet, but it's almost full. And you go outside on a a night like tonight or tomorrow night, and you see the brilliance of the light of the moon, and you have to stop and think, but wait a minute, that moon is not shedding its own light. That's only reflecting the light of the sun. And Archbishop Sheen drew that beautiful analogy of the importance of Mary and how special she is, but only because she reflects her son. Her main vocation in life is to lead people to Jesus. But, again, because Jesus is God and man, and Jesus was conceived in her virginal womb by the power of the Holy Spirit and went through nine months of gestation just as any other child would in in his or her mother's womb. Uh, Obviously, ladies, you know, moms, you know the special uh, um, love you have for your children and the special love a child has for his or her mother. It's a unique relationship. 
You know, I, I'm a dad, but I know that my relationship with my children as a father to them is the same in so many ways, but different because of the, the, the way the child came into this world. A special and unique and beautiful relationship, and that's the relationship that Jesus and Mary had and have. But again, Mary, as a uh, special um, um, person in, 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 in salvation history, is not a goddess, and she's there to lead us to Christ. Um, the fathers write, it, is strong, uh, it strongly urges theologians and, and preachers of the Word of God to be careful to refrain as much from all false exaggeration as from too summary an attitude in considering the special dignity of the Mother of God. Following the study of sacred scripture, the fathers, the doctors, and liturgy of the church, and under the guidance of the church's magisterium, let them right, rightfully, uh, rightly illustrate the duties and privileges of the Blessed Virgin, which always refer to Christ, the source of all truth, sanctity, and devotion. And again, that's just keeping everything in perspective. But on the other side, we have seen in the course of the history of our church that the Blessed Mother from the very beginning has played an important role as a very, very special intercessor for the people of God. It's, you, know, you know, when you think about sacred scripture, and I'm not obviously nowhere near even being anywhere near a student of scripture or a scripture scholar, but I do know, and you know, that every single word in sacred scripture is divinely inspired. Nothing is in sacred scripture just as filler or by accident or they needed to fill up a couple of pages. It's there for a reason and a purpose. So when we read about the wedding feast at Cana and the role that Mary played with our Lord in our Lord's first miracle where they were at the wedding running out of wine and the servants said went to Mary they didn't go to Jesus they went to Mary tell your son we have no more wine and that intercessory prayer, so to speak, in her then going to Jesus. And as we all know, it's awfully tough for our Lord to say no to his mother. And we've seen so many other examples of her intercession. And I'm sure there are many of you who probably could tell stories about how the Blessed Mother has interceded for you in a special way in the course of your life. I remember when I was growing up, we had in our house, as most, you know, most Catholic homes do and did, uh, you know, my mom had a, a couple of pictures of Our Lady or a picture of Our Lady of Grace hanging in one of the rooms. And, uh, you know, you just you knew that there was a, Mary had a special place in our home. Uh, I remember right around this time of year it was October of 1962. Many of you remember that we were very, very close to coming into nuclear conflict with Russia uh, through the uh, Cuban Missile Crisis. In 1962, I was uh, almost eight years old. 
but I remember those 10 days. You know, we would remember those of us, we were, we were, I went to Catholic grammar school up in, in Bergen County and, uh, St. Joseph's in Bogota, which is now closing. I understand. Sad, sad, sad. Um, where we would have the air raid drills. You know, we'd get under the desk and put our hands over our heads like that was going to do anything if someone dropped a nuclear bomb on New York City. We, we were <laughs> but as our country was going through that, the church in this country stood up very loudly spiritually. And I remember my dad and mom getting us. There were... There were uh, Four of us with with a baby due in, in in December of that year, my youngest sister, but gathering us all in the living room and getting on our knees and praying the rosary to stave off this what would have been the end of the world, nuclear annihilation. And the president at the time, President Kennedy, you know, st- stood firm. And uh, I'm assuming that his, his family was praying for him. Uh, you know, I know his, at least his mom, Rose, was a good practicing Catholic. Um, there were a lot of prayers going up to Blessed Mother in October of 1962. And nuclear conflict, nuclear war was avoided. And you have to just attribute it to the power of, of prayer, especially the power of the praying of the rosary, Mary interceding for us. We're at another very, very critical point in this country, my brothers and sisters. You know that. I don't have to tell you that. All I have to do is watch the news, listen to the news, see what's going on, read. And you, 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 and as Archbishop Chaput was, was pointing out, the, the, the anti Catholic bigotry that's, again, rearing its ugly head in this country. It's horrible. And we're going to see it even be more evident in the next few weeks when those Senate confirmation hearings uh, begin. And we know that the presidential election is having a, a very divisive effect on this country. We know that there are there is great division. There is enormous polarization we know that there is a very evident uh, battle between good and evil. It's breaking up families and friendships. It's, it's destroying uh, um, the unity that we need in order to exist peacefully and in charity and love. So we're praying these prayers to Blessed Mother here. You know, again, we pray the rosary at, nine, at 5.30 in the morning, 9.30 in the morning, 3.30 in the afternoon, 9.30 at night on these stations. Uh, we started the novena. That's, uh, again, 9 o'clock at night, 9 o'clock, I'm sorry, 9.30 at night, 9 o'clock in the morning uh, through October 7th and 8th. You can participate in that novena. I know so many of you in your own prayer groups and your own families are praying fervently. And we're going to our Blessed Mother under the title of the Immaculate Conception as patroness of this country. And as I said yesterday, I don't know what or how it's going to manifest itself, but I believe that we will see a very uh, strong manifestation of divine intervention of extraordinary kind. I don't know how it's going to happen in what way, but I know that God knows that 
there are many, 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 many millions of faithful people here in this country that are praying. And God will take care of his own. It may get worse before it gets better. But I remember someone one time telling me on a one-on-one interview, and I'll tell you, it was, it was Father Crappie when he was still in very good standing and, 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 and preaching, and we had him uh, here locally for a, an event, and he and I were, were having coffee, and I was recording an interview with him. And it was right around 9-11, right after 9-11, 2001. And he said, this is just the beginning. And he said, but I believe that in my lifetime, he said, meaning his own lifetime, he goes, we're going to see something very dramatic happened. And I said, the triumph of the Immaculate Heart? He says, yes, in my lifetime, in his lifetime. Now he's now, again, we pray that he's, we pray he's back in community. I, I don't know where he is or what, but I just pray, we pray that he's just back in community and in good standing with the church. I haven't heard anything, but anyway. But he's 70, what was he, 74, 73, 74. We don't know. But, you know, we're going to our Blessed Mother, so don't be surprised (laughs) by anything you see. And don't be afraid. Just rest in peace under the loving mantle of our Mother. All right, I'll be back tomorrow, Catechism Day. Enjoy the rest of this beautiful day today, and have a great and blessed, holy rest of your day. My name is Jim Manfredonia. Thanks for listening. God bless you, and God love you.